Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and today we're going to talk about the differences between active or passive sales, or we could also look at this through the lens of live launching and evergreen funnels. So I want to define these terms a little bit. These are things you hear banging around the internet. You might have heard me talk about them before. The biggest difference between thinking of something as active versus passive or live versus evergreen is your role and when your effort is put into sales. So there's this really fantastic internet myth that sounds super fantastic, and it's a shame that it's really mostly not true, and that's this idea of passive income. You can't see my air quotes, but they are here. And sometimes folks come to me and they say they want passive income. The idea behind passive income is that it's passive, is that you don't do anything. And often it's this sense that you can kind of put something out there and people will magically find it and buy it and you don't have to do anything. Well, passive income is a myth for a couple reasons. The first is that if you're setting up something to be passive, and I'm going to talk about how I like to talk about it, which is a little bit more evergreen or automated, um, which I think is more of a true term for, for what we're discussing. If you're setting up something to be passive, you actually put work in in advance, right? Think of the work time as being collapsed. You will be putting in your effort at the top, at the beginning, to set everything up, and then it will run on its own to some extent in the background moving forward. But you still have to do it. It's not actually passive. You have to create a product, create a service, create a course, create a program. You have to make something to sell, and then you have to create a way for people to find it so they can buy it. You have to facilitate people, actual humans, discovering your thing and deciding that they want it. And I gotta be upfront. I don't think there's anything passive about that. Now, I'm picking on this phrase because I think it does bump around the internet. Some of you may have kind of picked up on that. But the implication with passive income and what a lot of people are kind of saying without saying it is this idea that you don't do anything. It's not true. The reason that I like thinking of it as evergreen, which you may have heard before, that is a term that comes from evergreen trees, right? As in green all the time. An evergreen sales process is also essentially an automated sales process. You can think of it either ways. And what you're doing is because of technology, usually because of software, you are able to automate a sales decision process for your customers to help facilitate their decision-making without you actively being there. That is what we mean by passive. You are not actively participating real time in the sales decision-making process. Now, this is very different than live sales, which is what most folks are doing, right? If you are posting on Instagram saying, buy my thing, that is a live sales strategy. If you are doing sales calls, that is a live sales strategy. If you are going to a market and selling your wares, that is a live sales strategy. Your time, your effort, your presence is required for those sales. You might wonder, why would you want to do that if you could just automate it? And I want to talk a bit about that today. 
because as you may have known, I, at the time of this recording, have not completely wrapped up our live launch of HBA, but a lot of you know that I do also run an evergreen funnel for HBA. This is something that I've been doing for about a year and a half, and I've learned a lot from running that, and I think honestly a lot of stuff that's maybe a little bit hidden in the, uh, in the internet realm, like kind of buried beneath like a false positivity thing. I think evergreen and automated sales are fantastic, but there are plenty of times when they are not the best solution. So let's break it down. Live sales, you are exchanging your energy, your effort. There's something really magical about the actual human to human interaction that happens during a live sales process. Again, that can be any number of things, sales calls, doing live launches, doing markets, doing webinars, and even just, you know, talking to people in your DMs. The reason that's so powerful is because it actually is building on natural human interaction. People feel seen, they feel heard, they're able to get responses, they're able to be, be supported by you as they make their decision. And one of my favorite ways to think about sales is that what we're doing is facilitating a decision-making process for our customers. We are helping people decide whether or not they want to invest in our thing. And often if they've come to you, it's because they're interested in your thing, right? They're curious about it. I know you guys, I know, I know your ethic and your value. You are not out there inventing problems and forcing them upon your customers, right? That, that is manipulative. What most of us are doing and what you're doing if you're training with me for sure, is you are recognizing the challenges your customers have, meeting them there and helping them see what you can do to support them, right? We're not inventing them. We're not like digging into pain points or creating problems that don't exist. But we are acknowledging the challenges they have and showing our option, showing what we can do to help. And then they get to decide, right? Do I want to focus on this right now? Is it a priority? Is, is it a priority with you? Do I like the way you do it? All of that stuff. So in live sales, a couple cool things happen. One, people tend to get very personalized experiences. Now, often online, this starts to feel like it's not as personal, but it's simply not true. Uh, it might be easier to imagine that you're going to a shop and you are browsing the wares, right? And the person working at the shop comes up to you and asks if you need any help. And you might say no, right? And they'll say, cool, let me know if you have any questions, right? I have many, many, many years as a shop girl. So I've got that one down, down by, down pat. The same thing is true online, right? If you send an email out or you send, uh, put up something on Instagram or you send a tweet about an offer and people don't respond, it's almost like they've come into your store because they're following you, they're on your mailing list, right? They are browsing, but they don't have any questions, okay? Some people will read that and they will pick the item off the shelf, physical or digital, and just come to the checkout, register, and buy it, right? I worked in wine for a very long time. There are customers who know exactly what they want. There are customers who want to browse on their own. There's customers who buy the same thing every time, and they don't require a lot of facilitated decision-making. They have already decided before they came in, or they like to kind of lurk a little bit and make their own decisions. We all know those customers. You'll sell something and there'll be names that pop up and you're like, I don't know who that person is, which is always a very cool feeling to, to realize that. It means you've been helping them make that decision just by having your things available, but you didn't have to personally engage with them. Just like in a shop when someone comes in and browses and buys something. But a lot of folks do have questions. If you post something or send an email and they reply with a question or they come to a webinar and they have a question or they DM you with a question, then it's just like somebody in a shop saying, hey, um, I have this thing, this problem, this challenge. Do you have this in this size? Do you have something that pairs well with steak, right? 
They are asking you a question to try to get more information and facilitate their decision-making process. Now, that is personalized. Even on Instagram, even if someone's just sending you a DM with a question, that is really a, a really powerful way to build relationship. Also, live sales, especially if you use a launch method, which is essentially a concentrated sales period, where usually you have some kind of free experience. Um, I do a lot of webinars. Folks in my incubator program do webinars, trainings, recorded videos, challenges, all sorts of cool stuff. But usually there's some kind of free educational experience that helps people decide whether or not they want to invest with you while providing massive value. This facilitated experience is usually a collapsed period of time. My launches are mostly only four or five days of like active time um, of cart open time. Some of my students use longer and that's totally fine. That's really a personal choice, but it's concentrated. And that, or if, if, or if you do something like a shop release method or a shop update method, if you sell physical products or you have a new product release, right? That creates momentum. So we have personal relationships and we have momentum. If you were participated in my launch last week, for the past two plus weeks, I've been sharing more on Instagram. I've been emailing more. We did a bunch of live videos with our students. We did a ton of stuff, podcasts that were related to our launch, right? There was this whole kind of um, concert of, of launch-related activities that created momentum heading into the launch that got people excited about it. And you're doing that anytime you do, you let people know you have a shop update coming, you have a new product launch, you have a new, you have openings for one-on-one -on -one readings, whatever you're doing, you're creating momentum. So these two things, personal attention and momentum, are reasons why live sales, once you've mastered selling, you have to know how to actually sell. And that is something that we teach inside the Holistic Business Academy. Sales is a communication challenge. And for a lot of folks, it is a skill that needs to be developed. So if you're in HBA, definitely check out our validate phase and then our attract and convert phases because that is where we get into how to actually think and communicate about your work in a way that helps people to make these decisions. But Assuming that you do have sales skills, live sales tend to have higher success rates because of the two things I just mentioned, the personal feeling of them and the momentum. So why then would you ever do an automated or quote unquote passive sales funnel strategy? Well, because you don't have to show up, right? You get your time back. You get your energy back. It doesn't have to actively be feeding it. That's really what people mean by passive. Now, an automated funnel mimics a lot of these things. There's definitely a big question in the industry, and I've talked about this in various places, um, about a lot of the strategies that try to mimic a live experience to an extent that might be a little bit exploitative, right? Um, doing things like using a lot of countdown timers in a really scary way when in fact something actually is available all the time. And I've probably gotten less and less inclined towards that over time. And as a result, I'm gonna be completely honest, some of my funnels convert less well than they did when I did have more firm deadlines in my automated sales sequences. We took out a lot of that deadline language. It doesn't really align with my values, but our sales dropped because the deadline language mimics the momentum of a live experience. But even though your conversion rates, and a conversion rate, all that is, is the percentage of people who see your offer and will buy, that number will likely go down when you automate because it no longer has the personal feeling and it doesn't have the momentum of a live experience. 
but that might be worth it for you if you don't have a lot of time, if you want that kind of running in the background, and if uh, you are at a business stage where, for example, you can spend money on Facebook ads and you don't need an immediate return on investment. Um, you can spend one month's worth or one product worth um, sale to acquire that new customer. That kind of math is a little bit beyond the scope of what I can explain in a podcast. But essentially, a lot of folks who run ads on Facebook for automated things are expecting to break even or not be profitable on that initial sale with a customer. They are willing to spend a certain amount of money to acquire that customer, to get them to be a buyer, knowing that they'll probably buy more down the road. This is something that requires knowing what your lifetime customer value is and how much you can afford to spend to acquire a new customer. So a little bit outside of our scope for what I can really talk about on a podcast. (laughs) But the point is, that those strategies tend to cost more because in order to drive traffic, in order to get people to see your stuff, something has to happen. Ads are very common. A lot of times this is where you'll see search engine optimization, SEO, blog, podcast things come in to send organic leads your way. And essentially though, even though it's automated, you still need people to see it. They have to find it somehow. Right. And that's where this whole passive income thing becomes kind of weird. Cause I'm like, sure, it's passive. If you have a ginormous audience and people are always looking at your stuff all the time and you rank number one on Google for your subject, I guess that's kind of passive <laughs> if you set it up a while ago and that's just magically happening. Right. So as a result, these automated things, they work really well. I highly recommend them. I love teaching them inside my incubator, but I truly believe they work best alongside live strategies. So when might you want a live strategy versus an automated strategy? First of all, an automated strategy works really well if you want a steady, consistent, um, I was about to use the word trickle, maybe it's a flood, a steady flood (laughs) of new customers, right? When you dial in your numbers on an automated system, you will know exactly how many people are likely to buy every single day or every single week, depending on kind of um, the speed of your customer flow. And you can make plans based off of that. It's really great if you're working on growing something or you're working on, um, let's say you start a membership site or you launch a course or you start selling a certain product and you need a little time on the back end to get all of your operations aligned. We're going to talk more about operations in the coming weeks because I'm starting to get a lot of questions from you all about that. And I got to be like, like fucking newsflash. I'm not going to get off on a total rant right now, but um <laughs> operations in your business, essentially how you do your stuff is also a place where you need a values alignment. And that that is just not not happening in internet land. So I'm really excited to talk more about how we try to have our operations be aligned with our values as well. I've got a rant in me, but I'm going to hold it back. Get excited, get excited for future episodes with operations rants. But for example, with my membership, the Holistic Business Academy, due to our size, due to the fact that we're completely self-funded and are quote unquote bootstrapping, I don't love that term, but it does have a technical meaning here, which is that you have to make the money that you spend. That's that's it. (laughs) Um, I don't have funding or anything like that. That meant that kind of getting our operational house in order took some time. So having actually a slow, consistent 
customers coming in through our funnel worked really well for us because it let me make clear projections, know what our revenue would be, but while kind of maintaining or growing slowly while we were trying to kind of get all these pieces to fit together. We had people to hire, we had people um, to train, we had new systems to build, we had new content to create, like all of this stuff, right? So that was a really great time to do that. Also just a great time to do that is that you can always have this running in the background of your business. It can be, you know, the primary thing that you drive people to when they sign up to your email list, for example. You can do all sorts of cool stuff. And when it's automated, you don't even need to think about it, right? And it does a really great job too of capturing people who are really excited to invest with you and don't want to wait. When you have automated sales, you know, sequences, you're really able to get in front of the people who are ready to make a decision. All that said, the growth tends to be slower. It tends to be dependent on what um, what is called in the industry lead generation, um, getting in front of customers that often requires money. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of one of the pieces that people kind of skip over. Um, you can definitely have an extremely successful sales funnel, but you probably are going to be spending ads to get in front of people or spending a lot of money on affiliates, which is totally fine, but it's not passive. Like you just put up a link and people magically buy your thing, right? Um, or you have those more robust content strategies I mentioned earlier, like search engine optimization and stuff like that. So with that in mind, it's there, but it requires a lot of structure and likely requires some cash or uh, some, some kind of ongoing way to direct new customers towards the funnel. Um, even if you just have a podcast and like sending them to join your mailing list, and once they join their mailing list, they go through an email sequence that makes this offer to them, this evergreen automated offer to them. You have to have a way for people to see the offer, right? It doesn't just, they don't just magically appear. You have to still get in front of new customers. You still have to market yourself. That is not passive, okay? But, Live launches, especially live sales, and I'm using the term launch here, but it can really be any live sales experience that is essentially concentrated, right? A shop open, a new product release, a new session release, opening your books for the month, things like that, right? All of that really is a launch model. And we've talked about what launching is a lot in the past, so I'm not gonna go super into it. We can uh, link up some of those episodes, I think from the past couple years probably in the show notes. But basically during this concentrated period of time, what happens? You will welcome more customers at once, right? So instead of having one, two, three, five a week or whatever, using an automated system, you will get 20, 30, 40, 50 in a week, right? But it requires, again, your energy. That is a huge part of what that trade is. You are showing up actively, and as a result, your conversion rates will usually be higher. Again, assuming that you know how to sell, that your marketing's on point, your messaging's on point, all of that. So these two things actually work super well together. We just did this massive HBA launch because I spent much of the six last six months getting all of our systems and operations in place. We were ready to welcome tons of people at one time. We were fully supported, fully ready to do that. So it was worth it for me to show up, to do the big experience. Of course, it was also just super fun. I like doing it. I like especially getting to talk to our customers and do the case study interviews with our with our HBA members and getting to sh you know show off their stories and stuff. I love that. So it was 
was really fun, but we're really only doing that maybe once a quarter now. You know, we're doing it a lot less than we used to because it does take a lot of effort, especially as the business grows, we're reaching more people. It's, it's a bigger production than it used to be in my business because we have higher revenue targets. We're trying to reach even more people and impact more people in their businesses. Doing this big live launch made a lot of sense strategically because we were ready to welcome a bunch of people at once. So that's how I think about it. These two things work together. And in your business, whether you're talking about the same offer, I'm using HBA as an example here, but as long as you have something that, you know, you can do this with anything. Um, another example would be something like my incubator program, right? We've been running that cohort style, which means there's a clear beginning and a clear end. That means that there's a deadline for signing up because we start, right? We start the fucking program. You, you got to be there <laughs> or else you're going to miss it, right? Um, because we have, we, we have work to do. Something like that in that kind of structure wouldn't really work well automated, but we could have something else that's automated and then just save our live launches for the incubator, for example. So you can use these strategies together for different products or even the same products in your business. But the key is to ask, Am I ready and prepared for an influx of new customers at one time? Does that make sense with the product or service, right? Do I actually want that? Some products and services, it doesn't make a lot of sense um, based on whatever, whether it's your capacity or just what, you, what you're doing. Do I want that? Or and I, am I able to show up energetically, I think is the, is the other piece, right? Am I available to, I always think of it as putting on a show. I'm a, I'm a theater kid. Do I am available to put on a show for these weeks to be present and to help people make this decision? And then the automated question is great. What would it look like for me to have this consistent flow of new customers? What do I need to do to help people find this, even though the facilitation of the sales decision is automated? And what would be the benefits to having this flow of customers? A lot of people really like the consistency of it, even if it either costs more to acquire those customers because those conversion rates are lower, or I do need to have some kind of robust um, kind of content marketing or affiliate referral strategy to make that work. So I wanted to break this down and say why you might use these strategies. Live launches are, are like, they're, they're, they're gas on the fire, right? Or gas in the car, whatever. You're, 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 um, you're turning it up to 11 in a live launch. And it does take more energy, but generally you will get more bang for your energetic buck in a live launch because of the momentum and the opportunity to personally support people through that process. And again, the same kind of logic applies to any live sales experience versus automated, which often preserves your energy, even though it does require work from you, but as a result has lower conversion rates in general and will bring you in more of a trickle of consistent customers over time. So in my business, we do both. And that allows us to sustain ourselves and support ourselves in between live launches without me and my team having to be on all the time. But we still do the live launches when we want to welcome a lot of customers at once, reinvigorate the business and have that forward momentum. So the question for you is to ask, what am I available for and what are my goals? Because there's also hybrid versions and all sorts of stuff in between. So I hope this can get your wheels thinking in your brain and apply this to yourself, your business and your personal needs. I know not everyone likes putting on a show the way that I do. You may not want to do a big live launch in the same style I do, and that is fine. 
but you might think about what are some of these things that I can do to create that momentum in the business, whether that's getting on maybe a couple of podcasts at once and being able to kind of ride that wave into a sales cycle, or just maybe sharing a little bit more on social media, writing a little bit more, or asking some friends to be referrals and share my work at once. Doing things like that can also be these live momentum building, personal feeling sales experiences, or on the other side, what can I do to automate things? What can I do to create a little bit more consistency without having to put forth so much effort? And for you personally, you will find your own balance. All right, y'all. I am, because it is Thursday and I am still in launch mode, I'm going to go back to my launch now. <laughs> but I hope this gives you some insight into the differences between these things, what quote unquote passive income really means, and when you would choose an active versus passive strategy. So you can start to think about this in the context of your own business and maybe assess whether you need more of one, more of another, or some kind of hybrid approach that really supports you and your customers. I will see you all next week. Bye for now.